0: So I don't know. Have you heard the story about the, uh, the pastor, a brand-new pastor to church, and he started, he started preaching one Sunday, and uh, he gave a really great message, and everyone was excited, and people came up to him and, Pastor, that was a great message. We loved it. Wonderful. Wonderful. And then uh, the next week rolled around, and he preached the same message, word for word, the whole thing. And people were kind of like, well, Maybe he had a busy week, this is his first pastorate, you know, you've got to give the guy some slack. So nobody said anything, they just listened, and even some people came up to him afterwards, that was a good sermon. Still a good sermon, you know? And they were, they're were they just, they're just in, good, in good spirits about it still. Third week rolled around, same sermon. And now people are going, you know, there's something going on here, we're not so sure about this, but again, they're just a little bit reluctant to say anything to him, you know, just, they just, they're just pretty kind. Fourth week rolls around, and again, the same sermon. And now, finally people are saying, this, this can't go on like this. We've got to say something. And so, someone got up the courage to go up to the pastor and say, Pastor, that's a very good sermon. I loved it the first time. Even liked it the second time. But this, this is getting hard. When are you going to stop preaching that sermon? And the pastor said, I'll stop preaching it when you start practicing it. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I feel like I have my own version of that story, and that's like, whenever it comes to preaching about prayer, I'm always tempted to, like, look back and, like, find an old sermon on prayer and just, like, recycle it, because, you know, I just want to get up here and say, pray, people, it's important, you know, and God wants you to do it, so do it, you know, I just kind of want to just just say it like I've always said it, and, and not try to say new things about prayer, because, I mean, come on, you can talk 25, 30 minutes about prayer, but, it doesn't really beat actually doing it, right? Actually praying. And, and so I'm tempted just to recycle, and, and, and you could all say, did, did we hear that last year? I think he said the same thing. But, but it's always kind of the same thing, because God wants to hear from us. But I'm not going to recycle, okay? I've resisted the temptation. I would invite you to turn to Colossians chapter 1. And I have been impressed, as you turn there, um, I have been impressed by people in this church praying. You know, offering to pray for me, for my family. Uh, the, the the way we did prayer meetings like every Sunday for, for the first year I was here, I think, and, and they were well attended. I mean, people, I think in this church, people prioritize prayer. So don't let my first story make you think different. Um, <laughs> but, but I really do think this is a priority but we can always do more like we can always i mean you can't say the greatest things enough right i mean we got to be praying we got to be a prayerful church we can't ever get lazy on that and it's easy to do so we're going to colossians 1 verse tw- uh, 9 i have no notes for you i just ask you to be encouraged by the word and what's preached and you know really there's only one point here and that's let's pray let's pray um so this will be really easy tomorrow if someone said, I miss church. What what'd the pastor preach about? Prayer. We need to pray. Okay. <laughs> you got it. You got it, right? Does anyone ever do that to you? And I remember that happening like, oh, I was, I was a youth pastor, you know, like, oh, I miss church. I love hearing pastor. What do you preach about? Give me a second. <laughs> you know, it's not a good feeling. Okay. Colossians 1. Uh, even though we're going to verse 9, I think, to get the full effect of where Paul's going here, let's start in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. To the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints. The faith and hope that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you've already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on on our behalf and who also told us about your love in the Spirit. And here's our text for this morning, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. This is a good church that Paul's writing to. And he's saying, yeah, I've heard about your faith. I've heard about the love you have. I've heard about how you've received the gospel. I know the guy that shared the gospel with you. He's like, I've heard lots of good things from you Colossians. And uh, for that reason, because I've heard so many good things about you, I pray that I haven't stopped praying, in fact, that you would know the will of God. That's what he says. That's verse 9. That you would, God would fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now look, if I hear about a church that's on fire for Christ, that's loving well, that's received the gospel and spreading it, if I hear all those things, probably my first thought is, I just, I just pray that they would just do better at what they're already doing, right? Right? Isn't that what you would do? Like, I've heard so many good things about what's going on there, and I just pray that there'd be even greater things, that God would bless what you're doing. And that's kind of the way I always pray. But Paul challenges me, and he challenges us, because he says, I'm praying that you have a knowledge of the will of God. Well, that takes you a step back, doesn't it? Like, a church that's already doing the will of God, and Paul's saying, I'm praying that you would know the will of God. By the way... There's really only one main prayer request here. I mean, there's more than that because he's going to say more. He's going to talk about living a worthy life and bearing fruit and giving thanks. Like, there's more that he's going to say that you you can picture in your mind he's praying all these things. But the way that he's writing the sentence here in this scripture, he's saying, I am praying in verse 9, and I haven't ceased praying that you, a, a church that's doing the will of God, I pray that you would know the will of God. He would fill you with the knowledge of his will, with all spiritual insight and understanding. Wow. You know, I mean, I, in my more negative moments, sometimes I am uh, worried that I'm praying more my will than God's will. And here's Paul praying that that, that, that the church would just know God's will. And I think that influences how we pray. Am I really praying God's will? Or am I praying my will? Do I know God's will? Because Paul's saying it all starts there. That's like the first step. Because later he'll say, if you look at verse 10, he says, here's why I'm praying this. I'm praying this so that you could live a worthy life. Well, that's good. Usually I skip to the worthy life. Like, oh, they're struggling with telling the truth. So I pray that they would tell the truth. They're struggling with gossiping. I'm going to pray about that gossip. And Paul says, no, actually, I'm praying that you know the will of God. Well, what's up with that? Why start there? Because everything starts with our minds and our hearts. It's like Jesus said, it's not what comes out of your mouth that makes you unclean. I mean, it's not what goes in. I'm sorry, I just reverse that. It's not what goes into your mouth that makes you unclean. It's what comes out. Because what comes out reflects what's inside. So if you change what's inside, then what comes out will be right. So I can pray for somebody that says, man, I became a Christian. I'm struggling with swearing and saying bad things. You know, I can pray about them struggling with that stuff. Or I can take a step back and do it like Paul and say, I pray that God would renew your mind and heart. So that the stuff that comes out of your mouth is right. You see how he takes a step before all that? And we don't usually do that. I don't usually do that. That's a good word. In fact, this verse has a lot to do with Romans uh, twelve two. remember? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that what? You may be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, if I want to know what I should do and how I should do it, it all starts with me asking God to renew this. And I am sure that there's an inference here that you're spending time in the Word. Because how else do you renew this if you're not in the book? I'm sure that's part of Paul's thinking. Romans 12, 2, that's, that's a good, that's a great comparable verse here about renewing your mind. So, I just want to encourage you, before you get to the nitty-gritty of, I want to change this thing in my life, would you pray first that God would change your heart? That maybe you wouldn't desire that thing in your life. That God would fill your heart with Scripture and, and, and with His wisdom, so that you would know how to avoid that thing in your life. Or, if, if we're talking about good things like serving, which that's our theme for the year, created to serve, that God would fill your heart with what you're supposed to do to serve. That he'd open your eyes to see opportunities. That you wouldn't say yes to every single thing that comes your way, but say yes to the things that are according to his will. Wow, you know. Th- th- there's opportunities everywhere. But you should only really say yes to the things that you prayed about that you know are according to his will. And that's why Paul prays that. He's like, I know you're loving well. you you're a good church, but... You can always know more. You can always understand the will of God better. Um, sometimes I fall into the, the habit of moving too slowly in the will of God. You know, like you pray that I understand it, but sometimes I am on the slower side where it takes me too long to think through, like, should I say yes to this or no? This is an opportunity. What should I do? In fact, I know... I know as a youth pastor, there have been times when I've had youth leaders that needed a quicker answer from me on, like, what are we going to do with this? Someone volunteers and says, I want to lead uh, a Christmas event. Well, that's awesome. That means I don't have to. You can do it. But they need my support for what they're going to do. Like, should we do this or should we do that? What, what, what do you want to do, Niall? And I know sometimes I've, like, I've just drugged my feet, and it drives people crazy. And I, and I ask God to, like, help me do better at that so that I... Ask for wisdom, I get it, and then I, and then I share it. Some, some of us are too slow. It's almost like we're scared of doing anything because it might not be in God's will. Well, look, there's a lot of things that should be no-brainers when it comes to God's will. You should give thanks in all circumstances. It's God's will for you to do that. Uh, sh- should, you, should you share your faith or not? Well, you, yeah, you should. You shouldn't have to be like, oh, should I say, so- say something? You know, I mean, there, there's things that you should just walk in. Should I pray about this? Well, yeah, you should pray about this. Just, that's God's will. You should pray about that, you know. Um, but, but don't let yourself get, if you're one of those people that gets frozen and you worry way too much, ask God for wisdom and trust he's going to give it to you. And then make a wise decision, maybe even with counsel. Um, that's what Paul's praying about, that you be full of that wisdom. Um, on the other hand, some people are go way too fast. You know who you are, right, too? You know, you're the one that, like, first thing that comes your way, you're in, right? Oh, opportunity, open door. That's got to be an open door from God. No, it might have been a fallible human being that opened that door, and you're about to walk through it, you know? you got to be careful of that. We were talking about that in our leadership study yesterday, um, the leadership class. Like, we, we were doing some reading, and in the reading, uh, the author gave a great example of, you know, what if the denomination came to us and said, we have uh, all these all this all these dollars we want to give to your church to start a church plant well maybe that's from god but maybe it's just a surplus of money and have you really asked god if that's what we're supposed to do and that i think that applies to a lot of us in life we see open doors but should we walk through them there's a lot of good things we can do we want to do the best things because the best things are according to the will of god so we ask him to give his wisdom to us. We read our Bibles and look for confirmation there. And God has a unique way of making his word line up with what's going on in your heart. He has a good way of doing that. And then you can walk confidently. Okay, so we start with the will of God. Now, what is Paul, why does Paul pray this? And we said this, it's in verse 10, right? It's in verse 10. Here's why Paul is praying that they would know the will of God. We pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. And then he explains what does it mean to live a worthy life. And by the way, the NIV does an awesome job, like showing you that these are all like worthy life things, because there's like a little colon there, and then all of these are participles that follow. And, and there's four of them: bearing fruit, uh, growing in the knowledge of God; number three, being strengthened in all power. and verse 12, giving thanks. Four participles. Worthy life is bearing fruit, being strengthened, giving thanks. I mean, he, he he lines it up really nice for you. But I want to look at the worthy life. Have you ever looked at those verses? And, and I don't know if you're like me. I mean, I'm just telling you my thoughts. For years I've read those verses about living a worthy life. And I think to myself, how why do you write like that, Paul? Because I'm living a worthy life of Jesus? Like, does that does that mean I can somehow live in a way that it's like, well, of course he's a Christian, he's living a worthy life, you know? It, it, it feels like there's a lot on me, like somehow I get credit for that. Live a worthy life. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm living it, you know? It, it, it feels like there's credit going to me, and I don't like that, because it seems like Jesus wants to crush all credit going to us. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, we're going to get rewards in heaven, but... I want to be like the tax collector that goes into the temple and says, God have mercy on me, a sinner. (laughs) And I want to be like the the unworthy servants in the last day that when God's giving out rewards and and the servants say, we're just unworthy servants, we've just done our duty. You know. The word worthy comes from a word that means weight, and it implies scales, and I so wish I would have picked a picture of scales, because you kids don't even know what that means, you think a scale's like this electronic thing in the bathroom, right, Derek, you think that's what it is, and you step on it, you know, and, and you look at it, and Brandon always says, you know, I'm catching up with Derek, you know, I'm going to pass him up, and, uh, and uh, you, you think that's, that scale is, is that thing in the bathroom. Uh, scales, right? You have two different sides, right? And and, and and they and one side can weigh more than the other, and the other side goes up, and the other one goes down, and, and vice versa. Scales, weight. To live a worthy life means to live a life of weight. And it's comparing you to something. Okay? So Ephesians 4, verse 1 Paul says, you need to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. The calling. So on one side of the scale is calling. On the other side is you. Can you live in a a heavy enough way to live worthy of the calling? You're called to be children of God. Do you live like a child of God? Do you live like you're part of God's family? If you don't act like one of God's kids, then the calling's a little heavier than you are. Yes, I'm actually saying this year you ought to gain some weight. I'm uh, just, just saying it, you know. Put it on your Facebook post. This year I pray that I will gain weight in the Lord. There it is, okay? And then watch the comments happen. You can proclaim your, your faith on Facebook. That'll be good. Um, Philippians one twenty seven says, Paul says, you need to live a life worthy of the gospel. The gospel, right? So on one side of the scale is the gospel. Jesus died for you on the cross and was resurrected from the dead. That's the good news, and he's going to save you from your sin. That's heavy stuff. Are you living a life worthy of the gospel? Are you living a crucified life where, where you're saying no to your own flesh so that you can live for Jesus? Jesus said, if you don't take up your cross and follow me, you're not what? That's Matthew 10, 38. You're not worthy of me. Same word. You're not worthy of me if you don't take up your cross. Paul prays that they would live a heavy life, a worthy life. And it still troubles me a little bit because, um, on the one hand, there's all this worthy stuff like Jesus, you know, and his death. By the way, um, what else did they say when Jesus died on the cross? Crucify him. He is what? worthy of death. He's worthy of death. And we put that thing on one side of the scale, worthy of death, and on our side, do we think we're worthy of death? When the apostles suffered in the book of Acts, it says they were they counted it a blessing. I think they were, maybe they were full of joy. I forget how it says it. Because they were counted worthy to suffer. They were counted worthy on one side of the scale is the worthiness of Christ that led to death and on the other side was we, the, the, the first disciples suffered the scale thing really gets me you know it really gets me now what I don't like again is that on one side of the scale is all of this Jesus stuff that's amazing you know Jesus died he lived the life of self-denial he did amazing things and on the other side is me like I'm supposed to live up to that as I said we're supposed to get heavier. How does that even work? How how can I even say that without being arrogant? How can I even think that I'm living a worthy life? If you look at if I if I measured out my life and thought that I am living a worthy life, is that arrogant to even think? And it's not. And I think this is why. I mean Paul doesn't give me the easy answer in Colossians 1, but it if I if I understand correctly, Try this on for size. On the one hand, we're supposed to live a life worthy of Jesus Christ. Let's summarize it that way. Jesus is on one side of the scale. And his worthiness is pretty heavy. Okay? You ever get on a teeter-totter when you were a kid and and some big old, you were like in third grade and some big old seventh grader got on the other side and launched you, you know? Bam! You know? (laughs) That's what I feel like. You put Jesus on that side and it's like, wham, I'm, I'm flying off the scale. Um, you put him on this side. How do I live a weighty life on this side? Unless... I've got some extra weight that I didn't notice this morning. And the extra weight is the spirit of Jesus living inside me. Did you go there in your own heart? If Jesus lives inside me by his Holy Spirit, as Romans says it does, the spirit of Christ dwells in you then that balances the scales. And I am able to live a worthy life, not to the glory of Nile, but to the glory of Christ, because he's the one that makes me heavier. All growth comes from God. All weight gain, spiritually speaking, comes from Christ. And so I am thankful that he has balanced those scales. And I know there are days when I don't live it out and I get a little light. But I want my spiritual muscle to be increasing so as to live a worthy life. I love Revelation 3 verse 4. Um, Jesus says, There's a few people in Sardis who haven't soiled their clothes and they will walk with me for they are, let's see, for they are Worthy. There's a few people in Sardis who haven't soiled their clothes. They're, and they're going to walk with me because they're worthy. They balance the scales. <clears throat> so what I've described to you this morning might be called intercessory prayer. We need to be praying for each other by name. Do you ever have those moments where you see somebody who's not living a weighty life, and they say they're a Christian, and they have the audacity to show up on Sunday morning in church, and you know they don't match it, and and you think those thoughts in your head, like, what are they doing? I mean, they should really get their act together, and all all this junk comes out. Did you ever stop and think that what we're called to do is intercede for them? Ask them to know the will of God so that they might live a worthy life. And have you ever thought that if you see somebody that is living a worthy life and they're doing great and they make your spiritual life look kind of sad, at least that's how you feel, and you should think to yourself, Wow, they're doing great. I'm going to pray that they would know the will of God so that their life gets even heavier, even heavier. Colossians 3.3 3, For your life is hidden with Christ in God. And if your life is hidden with Christ in God, you've got some weight inside you. Um, four participles follow this worthy life. I'm not going to preach them this morning. I'm going to mention them again. Paul says, "A, a worthy life is fruitful. That means when you do good works, they bear fruit. Good things happen when you serve. Secondly, he says, growing in the knowledge of God. Do you love Jesus and understand him a little better this year than last year? You're growing in that. That adds weight. He says, giving, um, being strengthened, being strengthened in God's power so that you have endurance and patience. Man, if you know someone that's struggling in their faith or struggling in their life with whatever, you ought to be praying these things for them. You ought to be interceding for them. They need that because they need to be able to be patient and endure. And that comes from you praying. Obviously, it comes from God answering your prayers. And lastly, the fourth participle is um, that you would give thanks, that you give thanks. What a great thing to pray for people that are going through hard things. God, help them give thanks and all of that. What a great prayer to pray for people who life is going great. You know, life is awesome. And you pray that they wouldn't let all of that awesomeness go to their head but they would give thanks to the one who's working out his will in their life. Finally, and lastly, and by the way, we will also, we're going to do Dirt for Cross training, which is our adult Sunday school class. We'll meet over here in the library, and we will pray through some of these things in this text. So I'm not glossing over giving thanks and... and, 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 uh, and and bearing fruit uh, we'll pray about those things this morning just so you know it's going to flow right into that time it'll start about 1045 right over here in the library maybe you're not used to praying out loud we don't like to make it awkward one sentence prayers are always welcome maybe you give that a shot you know but I do encourage you I encourage every family here to pick a prayer group this week show up one night and pray would you all commit to doing that. That's what I'm asking of you. You have prayer requests in your bulletin as I said earlier. Now, I want to close with this. If you're new to this church, you don't know Jesus personally and you're just checking things out because you don't know what's going on here, you know? Um, This is for you. This part's for you. Jesus tells the story of a son who disrespected his dad and said, give me my inheritance early. I'm out of here. And the son left, wasted the money. He was penniless Wanted to eat pig's food, and he decided it'd be better to go back and become one of my dad's servants than to live like this. And when he came back, his dad embraced him, but the son said, Father, I am not worthy to be your son. I'm not worthy. And I tell you that none of us in this building are worthy. <laughs> The people that you see, maybe someone invited you from this church and they've been a believer for years, they're not worthy either. And I'm not worthy. We all come to the Father like that, saying, I'm not worthy. I bring no weight to my own life. The scales, I'm flying off the scales. If that's in your heart and you want to talk about that, I'd love to talk to you about that find me afterwards, I'll be in the foyer, and then I'll be kind of walking around. I love to talk to you about that, about giving your life to the Savior who loves you. He died for you to pay for your mistakes so that you could live a worthy life and walk with him like the people of Sardis who get to walk with Jesus. At this time, we're going to respond in a song and I'm going to have the ushers come forward to take the benevolence offering. Give as you feel led. This is just for special needs. And uh, I want to pray and then we'll take that offering. Jesus, uh, thank you. Thank you that You dwell in us, and we dwell in you. I love that the Bible talks about it both ways. Spirit of Christ in us. And then then our life is hidden in you. It's amazing. It's mysterious. I love it. And I know that it enables me and us as a church to live a worthy life. I pray that when people in this community see this church that they would see weighty lives. That they would see people who act a lot like Jesus would act. Help us. I pray that we would be an an amazing church of intercession, of praying for other people on their behalf. Praying for the ones that are not doing so well, and praying for the ones that are doing great. Great and praying for the average ones that just seem to be floating along you know and just just going through the motions let's pray for everybody that you lay on our heart so that they might know the will of god and so that they might live a worthy life in jesus name amen